uh, greetings, friends. Coming at you with a uh, special bonus episode featuring two very special guests Hello. who have been dedicating themselves for the past week and for the weeks in the, into the future to good old-fashioned shoe leather reporting. I'm referring, of course, to Brace and Liz, who have been in the courtroom every day for the Jelaine Maxwell trial. The hosts of True and On, welcome back to Chapo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Will. It has been, you know, Jesse Smollett has been a big friend of me and Liz's for many years, and it's just been an <laughs> honor for us to go and actually cover the truth about what happened. Yeah, yeah. We're we're faking all the reporting on for right now on the Ghislaine stuff because we're actually in Chicago covering the Jesse trial. Yes. Well, it's been it's been court it's courtroom revelation after courtroom revelation. It's like a friggin' John Grisham novel around here. <laughs> But um, so yeah, you guys have uh, uh, you know, uh, listeners to True and On will have been uh, you know, you you are one of the only, uh, really one of the only me- media outlets that is providing, as you described it, gavel to gavel coverage. <laughs> it's so weird to hear every you day. describe us as a media outlet, <laughs> but I guess we are. That's what that's what's we're we're definitely sitting there watching the trial with real real life reporters. Well, the thing is, a lot of media outlets are afraid to say that I didn't like that guy's attitude or I thought mm-hmm. that guy looked weird or that bitch is lying. <laughs> or uh, do you think the U.S. Marshals want Christmas cookies? Which they absolutely do. Yeah, yeah of I mean, they it's, do. it's been really interesting. The first day was a total madhouse. I mean, we got there at like six, like early six time. And we yeah. thought we were being so clever. We were going to get there so early and it's so cold. And we we were, you know, it wasn't exactly clear how this would shake out in terms of overflow rooms. And uh, we were afraid we wouldn't get in one of those. I mean, there was, I mean, yeah. frankly, a lot of media people saving spots in line for their friend. But we were maybe mm. 40th in line. And uh, we, we did definitely get in. We've been getting in every day. But it has been, it was after that initial circus of the first day and then sort of waning crowds day since uh day, every day since um it's been it's been we've got ourselves locked into a pretty good routine here so so day one is like when um supreme has a new dropout and like, yeah, you know, exactly. like the, the sneaker heads are lined up around the block kind of you know people. they're just gonna buy them and resell them on you know online or whatever but the yeah. true the, the true jelaine heads are staying for the tr- every minute of exactly. this trial. and she has been head to toe cookies is she's been wearing it's been it's been horrible looking um, but yeah, no, the, the first day was mostly taken up anyways with uh, uh, the judge really getting granular with these schedules of the jury. And if somebody, this one guy to take a Christmas vacation, um, but eventually <laughs> they got to opening statements and uh, I think the prosecutions was about less than half an hour and the, and uh, the defense well, yeah, took I was, quite a while. I, I, well, I was reading, I was reading some um, an analysis of, of the trial, and um, uh, according to the, the legal eagles out there, they said that the prosecution's opening statement, clocking in at just under 25 minutes, was astonishingly low and one of the quickest opening statements they've ever mm. seen in a mm. criminal trial of any kind, let alone one this high profile. So, I mean, just, just, like, just based on the, the, the first week you guys have been um, you know, uh, watching this trial, uh, how, like, how would you rate the prosecution's performance thus far? Like, what, like, what, can you get a sense of like, what the, what, what, what's the case they're making and how they're behaving um, as they conduct this trial on behalf of the state? You know, it's interesting because my thinking and my feeling, and I think Bryce, you're the same, have, has gone back and forth kind of as this week has gone on, where from opening statements on, I was like, oh man, what is the prosecution doing? They seem unprepared. Mm-hmm. This case seems very tenuous. Like, how are they really going to get, you know, I mean, you're talking about a lot of what the case hinges on 
is something called grooming, which we all kind of understand, but doesn't actually have like a legal basis, right? No yeah. legal definition, clear cut definition, let alone all the other stuff that has to get negotiated legally, right? So um, when it opened up, it felt like, oh my God, you know, the defense, whole sharks, you know, Ghislaine's defense team comes straight out the gate, opening like defense statement is like, ever since Eve got blamed for Adam. I mean, <laughs> yes. it was like theatrics wazoo. I mean, it was Which, crazy. Also, let me get something real. Let's be real here. Adam and Eve, both guilty. Uh, you can't get out of that by saying he, they're both guilty, just like in this case. Well, well and I mean, well, the, 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 snake, the snake groomed uh, the snake groomed <laughs> Eve to, to eat yeah, the apple. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's Israel, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it exactly like it was. They they came out looking like real like badass, yeah. not, but like tough lawyers. Um, and the physicality of the two is really interesting. Like the prosecution, first of all, the team except for one lawyer, they're all young women. Yes. Um, two of them have the same exact voice, which is very weird. Makes it And difficult. they have this kind of affect of like giving a school presentation. Like we were joking, it felt like they opened their opening statements with like the Webster's definition of <laughs> sexual assault. Like it just like had this kind of like, you know, I, I was calling her um, like Tracy Flick, but without the charm. Like there was something very like, you know, give, get straight a student about yeah, the prosecution. Yeah. And we, so then we immediately are like, I mean, Bobby Sternheim, the, uh, you know, kind of like Ghislaine's main lawyer, literally looks like a far side cartoon. Absolutely. I mean, she is a performer's performer. She's like Clarence Darrowing all over the place. Like just, um, just an incredible presence on, you know, the, the in court. Front of the jury. Yeah, on the court. Um, but as the week has gone on, it seems like the defense really has no strategy. <laughs> well, so that's the thing, right? I mean, a lot of these charges, in fact, all of these charges basically revolve around the manipulation and 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 physically moving and enticing of minors and trafficking minors across state lines and and into these situations, right? And so Really, what Ghislaine's team has to do is, and we were, you know, we were actually just just talking about this, is like, in most cases, I feel like they'd be like, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And in this, like, she's kind of trying to say she didn't do it, but if she did do it, it was legal to do. But like, also, she didn't do it because these these girls want money, and besides, they're whores. But it doesn't matter that they're whores because nothing happened anyways. But if it did happen, it was all Jeffrey Epstein's fault. And I don't even really know Jeffrey Epstein. I just worked for him, and he was so cool. Mm -hmm. Like that's literally been their, their strategy yeah. so far. And it's like, I mean, as as sharp as the lawyers have been, because it's not just Sternheim that's sharp. It's it's. I, basically everyone except for this one guy we call Pagliacci. Um, you know they're they're pretty they're pretty smooth operators. But it, once you sort of like take away the very loyally bluster that they have and like the sharpness and the quickness of their questions, mm -hmm. it's like you know frankly I don't see a winning strategy. I mean what what I have in my consultation with lawyers, um, they have been to AKA sharks. I've been going down to the aquarium, um, but that. <laughs> But uh, in talking to lawyers, it seems like really her only strategy. That famous is, thing they keep at aquariums. Yeah, I, I, every time we mention sharks or lawyers on the show, I just make a shark reference because in my head, that's how people think. It's like an email you get. Like, what are the difference between a shark and a lawyer? Nothing. Oh my god! Um, Remember when people were like, 
Well, do you need good lawyer jokes? That used yeah. to be a thing. I know t- thousands. I'll do them for the rest oh of the episode. God. No but, one tells uh, those anymore. The, uh, What's for- better than a football field full of dead lawyers? Uh, picking them off your cleats. What? Whoa. Incredible. That is, that's true. I did do that at Notre Dame. But, uh, <laughs> But well, so what you're so, saying is that like uh, the 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 defense uh, they're 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 obviously they're killers yeah uh, you get what you pay for and mm-hmm. it seems like they're they're coming out of the gate with a lot of a lot of razzle dazzle of like yeah. you know uh, you know reaching back throughout history like you know uh, women have always you know borne the brunt of the sins of men but yeah. like you know also uh, they're not, also those same women. Um, not guilty, even if they did bore the some of the sins and yeah. the commission of those sins, and you know funding and you know <laughs> aiding and abetting these crimes. Exactly. But still, uh, but but like the, the first week, this the the, the prosecution gets them. They get to go first, right? Yeah. So like, so essentially, what what does the defense with all their razzle dazzle? What do they have to counter? Like, what is the case that the prosecution is building here? And was there anything revealed in at least in the first week that came as a surprise to you guys as as close watchers of this case? Well, so I actually, you know, I I still sort of think that I don't think that the prosecution, from my perspective and from where I'm standing with my knowledge of the evidence, has a super solid, strong case because the case isn't like, did Ghislaine Maxwell do weird shit? Because she obviously does. You know, know, that takes two seconds to prove that. But did she traffic minors and did she get these minors to cross state lines? And so a lot of their case revolves around both her the actual nature of her relationship to Jeffrey Epstein and then literally if she booked certain flights or not. Yeah. And so that makes it a little... I still think... I mean, I think they can win, but it's not like... It's not as simple as a case that like... You know, many people would think, oh, Ghislaine Maxwell is on trial for having sex with children. Fucking, you know, open and shut case. I, it's not like that. Surprises have been... Well, Liz, there have been a few surprises, I feel like. There, yes, there have been. Today, we actually finally saw introduced into evidence some, well, we haven't seen the photos yet, but they will be introduced tomorrow, some photographs that were taken, seized by the FBI out of CDs that were in binders mm-hmm. that were in Jeffrey Epstein's townhouse that were seized when they uh, stormed in there in July 2019. So, so like, uh, just like, 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 like CD, CDs full of photo images in a, in a binder of CDs where it was like, you know, next to his like Dave Matthews live album, oh, rip, you know, dude. his concert rips or whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. It dude. was mixed in with, but like, no, these were more like, we were shocked at how many yeah. CDs there were. So, well, what are these photos? It, we see a photo from, you know, the townhouse of a closet in, I believe it was the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Um, of the townhouse, which had eight floors, which is crazy. Two um, subs underground. Yeah, I don't know how you have two basement floors. Whatever. Anyway, um, so in the closet, top of the shelf is like, what? You counted 13, right, Brace? Yeah. 13, maybe, you know, five to a, a range of five, eight, 12-inch binders full of sleeves stacked with CDs that are all photographs. I, I think, is this literally binders full of women? I, I wrote that down in my note, but immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's well. That thing is, we actually don't. I mean, this is this is sort of the the, the thing about. This. So the the like labels on the side of the binders were redacted, and so on every single one of them yeah. because of third party information, which we don't know what that information. So that's third party names. Exactly, would be identifying that's, information on there of third parties. And so they were all blacked out, um, which was 
uh, obviously, as you can imagine, very frustrating to many in the courtroom, including ourselves. However, I mean, this was also so we'd known that there were binders full of women or full of girls in this house that had been taken out of from his safe. We had not known about such an insane amount of I mean, this is truly like an incredible amount of CDs. And it wasn't yeah. just those 13 binders. There was also like boxes full of CDs. Yeah. Um, drawers and, full and like a storage bin. There was like drawers of just CDs. Yeah, with women's photos. names on them. And also hard drives, which we do not know the contents of. And so up tomorrow morning is actually they have, um, this is really where they cut it off tonight. They, she was about, spent about 10 minutes on the stand. A, uh, a data analyst with the uh, Child Exploitation and Human Trafficking Unit at the FBI who has seen some of the photos is going to be talking about them, and I believe they're going to enter some into evidence. However, this does not mean that we're going to see, like, um, Bill Clinton, you know, like, making out with a four-year-old. Like, <laughs> it's not, like, I don't think yeah. that is going to come out here. The thing that's been uh, frustrating to see, although we don't ever see it until later in the day because we don't get our phones with us for eight hours a day, <laughs> is all of the kind of um, like blockbuster Twitter accounts that have appeared up, and they just say like the defense has named Donald Trump or you know um, Prince Andrew has been named, and they're getting all these retreats or whatever. And I think there's this expectation that all of this like all of these people are going to get named in this trial. And one thing I would say is like the prosecution, their focus is so narrow because yeah, they don't want, they really, don't want to bring all that stuff into no, the trial. They're literally because, trying like, yeah. to just convict Ghislaine on like, on these crimes. Like, and honestly, they don't like, want to mess everything up. With bringing that. in like Glenn Dubin or Les Wexner or Bill Clinton or Donald Trump that like that yeah. would help the defense's case. If anything, absolutely. like by well, making absolutely. a story about like these powerful men manipulating people in their orbit. Exactly. And that's what they were fucking. That's what the defense was talking about. Even in the opening statements, like, you know, Ghislaine is not like one of these like rich, powerful, and you could tell so badly. She wanted to say white men <laughs> like, you know, she's like, she's not like one of these, like, you know, obviously bringing to mind Weinstein or one of these guys, but like, she is like one of these guys. I mean, there's like literally no difference except she was making out with Boris a, Johnson at, exactly. at uni. Like, <laughs> if you hooked up in any capacity with Boris Johnson at any point in your life, like, you, know, you are worse <laughs> yeah, you're than in the club. A, you're a, well, you're, yeah, actually, you're guilty. He, was, <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, he wasn't a bad looking chip when he was younger. <laughs> I'll give him a, I'll give him a right sack. Oh no! I like so like uh, so in in the first week, who were some of the witnesses that the prosecution called like to to assemble their case? Which is you know like like they're trying to keep laser focused on simply an issue of like did she book flights for these underage uh, girls to be cross state lines? So the way it works, and we're all figuring this out in real time together because we are sadly not lawyers, but well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> the way it works is the prosecution has to kind of set the set the stage to build like so one witnesses and evidence builds off each other right with this idea of like everyone you know the jury is sort of like brand new babies and it's sort of like imagine they don't know anything about anything and so you have to start from the beginning and so the prosecution first calls their you know their first witness Jane who tells us her story um one of Epstein's victims. And then from there, they bring in uh, Epstein's pilot, longtime, mm -hmm. longtime pilot. He was with him for 30 years on his yep. three different private planes that he owned throughout the years, throughout the decades. And 
they use him to establish the different locations that Jeffrey Epstein would fly to. Mm. From there, they then move to the house manager of his Palm Beach estate, which then is able to establish the kind of like the actual like physicality of the estate itself so that they can give context and corroboration to some of Jane's testimony of where things happened in the Palm Beach state. So everything kind of has to like build off each other. And and throughout all of this, there are like some witnesses, like there's, for instance, there was like the finance director of Jane, like, you know, the binary victim. It's not her real name. There three out of the four victims involved in this are using pseudonyms, but Jane's, um, like the finance director of the high school she went to. And then like, you know, this other guy, I think the admissions director of a camp she went to. And these guys are brought down for like 10, yeah. 15 minutes and maybe an hour. And like, so it, it links in these, like these long segments and then these short ones with, um, you know, all witnesses, like, like Liz said, building off of each other. Um, I mean, like, so, so you, I mean, like you need these, these other witnesses to corroborate um, yeah. aspects of Jane's testimony, but like, you know, independent of that, um, how how did you find uh, Jane's testimony? Did you find it compelling? And like, what what in her testimony? Like, what did she say? Ed Jelaine like actually did to her, or like like how was she involved in 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 these crimes? Well, so I I, I mean we we've I believe actually all four of the victims have told their story publicly in some form before. Um, with with minor victim number one, um, she is an actress, and I remember like when they brought her on. I was like, oh, I know who that is. And 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 I so I I was familiar with her story too. You know, she was recruited by Ghislaine and Epstein at a camp, uh Interlochen uh like like arts camp. Um and she lived in Florida. Her father had recently died, and it was a classic situation that really actually was was reminiscent of some of the testimony we heard today uh from another victim where essentially Ghislaine groomed her, normalized this, like, I mean, this is a 14-year-old girl, normalized, sexualized, like, like contact and talk and all this stuff with this older man, Jeffrey Epstein, and then, you know, the massages and giving money and this sort of relationship built from there. And so it's a very, like, I guess, um, classic kind of Epstein case, and it involves, like, a, flo- a girl, young girl from Florida um, giving him, you know, these sexualized massages in his mansion there, and all of it facilitated by Ghislaine. Um, you know, and she flew on the plane. She visited, you know, different properties with them, and that was a big part of it because you have to show that Ghislaine, she, like Ghislaine, was always the initial point of contact for the, for these teenage girls. Yeah, I mean, even this when she was with Epstein, it was Ghislaine that walked up first, and so that's like that seems to be a big. I mean. We, we, you know, one of the other victims is public, so we, Annie Farmer, so we sort of know her story already. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a pretty common thread here. But it was, it was really affecting testimony. And how did, how did, how did Jelaine's attorneys um, uh, cross-examine or, uh, I don't know, call into question the credibility of these, uh, you know, uh, these um, the first-hand accounts? I mean, it's almost, like, comical, their approach. And by that, I mean, like, I didn't, you know, it's like on Law and Order where you see a kind of classic defense attorney shark who's like um, kind of cartoonishly painting a rape victim as wanting it or it being transactional or, you know, oh, she's just a slut or, you know, all of these like cartoonish portrayals like they're actually doing they're actually going that route. They're trying to discredit them by suggesting that Mm -hmm. they were trying to advance their careers. They were all trying to get something out of it by being in Epstein's orbit. 
you know, or Isn't they that wanted complicated it. complicated by the fact that they're 14 years old? Because, like, even if what they're alleging is true, like, does that, that doesn't get anyone off the hook for absolutely. the sex crimes they yeah, committed. Because yeah. if it's like absolutely. a 14-year-old who's trying to network and fucking social climb by doing this, it's like, well, if you're still doing it to them, it's not like, you know, like, I mean, it's just like. Well, yeah. I mean, of it's, course. it doesn't seem a- to exonerate the, the person you're trying to defend. No, I mean, that it's it's. It's really horrific stuff, to be honest. Watching it, watching that happen in real time. I don't know. I was a little shocked the defense went that strategy. But that's kind of like what we were saying where, you know, uh, they, they the defense for Ghislaine is so confused that they want to have it all these different ways. Right. Yeah, like they want to make a case about how like women or uh, women, Ghislaine included, are abused and used yeah. by yes. powerful white men. But at the same time, they're basically calling the accused Jelaine's accusers yes. like money grubbing uh, harlots. Right. I know. Yeah. And if, if they're money grubbing harlots, what does that make Ghislaine? <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it's, it's like, and everyone is under the spell of white, of powerful white men, except for the ones who are asking for it. It makes absolutely no sense. You know, I mean, it, it, it's totally ridiculous too, because like you said, yeah, a 14 year old trying to advance her career is actually is you no know, what's actually happening here is these two much older people with a lot of money are telling this 14 year old girl that they can make anything happen for her and like oh your dad's dead like oh like well don't worry i'll get you into this school i know all these people in exchange for sex and so it's like well yeah it doesn't matter what this girl thought she was getting out of it it's really not clear that she thought she was getting you know much out of it i mean epstein was paying for voice lessons or whatever but it doesn't that doesn't like the thing is like that's like this is saying they're trying to bring that stuff up like it it makes it that it it makes it not illegal or it makes it okay to do this yeah And, and the defense laid out in the beginning that this 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 trial is and they repeated this several times it's about memory, manipulation, and money. And so what they're trying to say is these girls have faulty and they, they say corrupted memories. They were and they they left the question of manipulation open because they're saying they were manipulated by their lawyers into trying to get money, but also manipulated by Epstein, who also manipulated Ghislaine. And um and money, I mean, like they're all trying to get basically a piece of that's the most bullshit one because it's like they literally are legally forbidden from suing Ghislaine because they got money from the Epstein um, victims. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, what about the woman of the hour, Ghislaine herself? I mean, can you make out anything? I mean, just like just reading the tea leaves or her, her body language, her demeanor, the way she dresses. I mean, like, how does she appear in court? Oh, you know, it's interesting. So Are there just stink lines wafting off her that say guilty. <laughs> you know, OK, so it's interesting. I noticed something today. So we heard from a second victim today um, who's actually the third victim in the indictment. But she came second in the order of testimony mm-hmm. of victim testimony um, during Jane, the first victim that we heard from her testimony. Ghislaine was furiously writing notes to her defense lawyers and yeah. kind of like. I I was a little shocked at her demeanor. I mean, she was very much like looking around, like kind of scoffing a little bit. Like she didn't believe anything that Jane was saying that, oh, no, she's got this totally like it seemed like that's kind of what was going through her mind. Like, oh, this is not what happened. Blah, 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 blah. So she seemed like she wanted to interject during during. Almost. Yeah. 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 Like as animated as one can be sitting there silently, I guess. Right, I yeah. know that sounds a little crazy and I'm being like one of those CNN body language experts that you're like, that's not a real job, but I swear that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. But then today, and I have to say that this, the testimony we heard today from victim number three 
was very difficult and um, moving. And, and she was a very, I mean, she was very affecting, I think, I mean, or just like, um, just a, re- a really difficult um, couple hours there. Ghislaine had her hand over her head mm-hmm. the entire time, like covering her eye, leaning on the table, not making eye contact with this woman, um, not looking at her attorneys, like maybe would sometimes whisper something, but was really, um, it was a very different, like pose that she had yeah, and it, yeah. it was it was um it, it was striking how 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 different she appeared in court yeah i mean it's and i mean the fact of the matter she's got that little damn muzzle on her that fucking oh i know scandemic muzzle but so we can't see we can't see like her you know like licking her teeth or anything like that um I will say her sister isabel maxwell was behind <sighs> her today dressed exactly like curtis silva <laughs> what she had the beret on she had red beret, she wears a beret everything. every day oh, she, yeah but today she was fully guardian angeled out oh yeah she had a red sweater with a matching red beret with a black vest over it like she the straight up looks awful. like a fucking angel i yeah. mean i'm wondering uh like in, in 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 the world outside of the courtroom itself which you know mm. like, uh you know the law tries to keep us hermetically sealed as possible you know i've, I've been following this trial through you guys and just like you know the media coverage of it i'm wondering i'm sure you guys saw the the courtroom sketch of the courtroom artist yes. of the case portrayed Jelaine like making eye contact with the artist and yes. sketching them. Yes. No, I have no doubt that that was so there's a lot of courtroom artists and I Liz and I got yeah, a little, this was a whole thing I didn't know about. We got a full economy of courtroom they, artists. I, I'll be real with you. I thought courtroom there was just like a I guy. thought there was one. I there thought was there was one no. official courtroom there's artist. Like, so get this. 50. They're all freelance. Wow. Some of them are on contract with like the big papers, Reuters, guys, the, whatever. Uh, uh, COVID really uh, smashed their boardwalk business where they're doing caricatures <laughs> yeah, of people yeah, being yeah. like, so you like no roller one, skates? Uh, tell, tell yeah, me no one mentions like. yeah. how the pandemic took out this, the, the lowly court reporter business. Caricaturist. And the caricaturist. Yeah. No, it's a, we were sitting, oh my God, we were sitting right behind this mother-daughter oh. This was a duo nightmare. that are courtroom sketch artists. Also, and both somehow 95 years old. Incredible. Incredible. They are so old. The daughter is older than the mother. It's a real like yeah. little Edie Big Edie situation. I actually <laughs> couldn't tell which one had. I just assumed the smaller one was the mom because people shrink. Uh, she was she was covering the Inherit the Wind trial probably back in the 20s. <laughs> yes. she, she was sketching Clarence yeah. Darrow. And fucking- yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They are like, they have the worst posture I've ever seen in my entire life, hunched over, and they're bickering the entire time with each other. <laughs> Screaming at each a, other. We need some, okay, this is, this, now, is, this is a prime sitcom opportunity. Yeah, Mother, no, daughter, it was, courtroom I was every, every week a different trial, every week uh, a different argument. I was well, completely point, and totally enthralled by the drama between the two. Well, also, we couldn't hear the actual proceedings because, because they, they were so not loud. only, they were yelling at each other, but they were also... And I, I sound like such a bitch saying it. These scr- the loudest little chalk noises I've ever heard. About. It was like, <laughs> and like, they're drawing like, like a glass box. Like they're not even. I was looking at what they were drawing, and it was like yeah. not. It's like, lady, no one's buying that one. But we found out. We found out from. Uh, uh, well, well, I, I won't. I won't have. I won't name on this and, and catch him out. But we found out from this dude we know that. Uh, Apparently, a large part of court reporter business is actually just suing outlets 
And like, because, uh, you know, you'll, you'll do this court sketch, but and then like, it'll show it, up in the news, show up somewhere and it won't else. Be credited and yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you these clear two the little, permission. I guess these two little ladies had sued so many outlets that they were having trouble actually selling their artwork to any of them anymore <laughs> because they'd done so many lawsuits. And so, yeah, yeah. And, and the other sketch subculture. artists don't like them. And so they didn't let them in their room with the other sketch artists. And so that's why they were exiled to our room. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. What they got to start doing is putting like Taylor's version on their, on their courtroom sketches. So then they can maintain their own copyright. Exactly. Um, it, yeah. Just, uh, I, w- I want to ask you about two things that happened outside the courtroom um, very much as it relates to this case. The first uh, being the accidental revelation of something like 700 previously un- undisclosed Jeffrey Epstein flights. Yes. And then the other being the claim made by some that Jelaine had a Reddit account and was like posting under real Maxwell one and then like up until her trial date. So I, I want to get your take on both of the both of those uh, aspects outside the courtroom. Okay, I'll take the first one and I'm going to leave the second one to Brace because he gets he's already physically uh, <laughs> disturbed. Um the flight thing, I think, is shocking only because they disclosed it by accident. <laughs> that they like responded, to, they they denied the request and then accidentally sent the records is like an incredible detail that I love. But I think that you know, I mean, they're FAA records, so they're always going to be different than the ones that were kept privately, which is what the logs that we've seen are right. And so we from those those flight records, we don't know exactly who was on it, but seeing all the different trips, you know, I think is, is fascinating. Absolutely interesting. And you can kind of do a little bit of forensic detailing there to try to guess and and figure out what's going on. All right, Brace, what is the deal with this Reddit account? Didn't listen to a fucking word just said there. just said there because I've just been looking at these. He has the little alien like pulsing in his brain. Oh my God. So, the, the, all right. So for those who don't know, who haven't had this sent to them 5,000 times a fucking day by the most lame brain. First of all, if you're don't tag me in anything ever, because I've <laughs> seen it. I, I, you think that 500 other morons have done the same exact. You're se- people love sending me like, dude, do you know e- Epstein died? Like, it's like DMing me that like, check this out. Just don't do that. Yeah, we know almost everything already. <laughs> but all right. So for those of you who don't have that happen to them, I, there is this theory and that boy, don't get me started. This there's this theory that Ghislaine Maxwell had like the most, like, I guess karma is like a point system on Reddit where you get it. The lamer you like, the more you post. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I've used Reddit like twice in my life. And I, I, I so I don't know exactly, but like, she's like a mod on all these subreddits and stuff. And somebody, it was, the username is Maxwell Hill. And apparently, uh, I guess it stopped posting that the day that Robert, or excuse me, that Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested. And so people look through all the post history and were like, they did this. Like, they, they're sympathetic to pedophilia. I'm like, all this other bullshit. I mean, that's just because they're on Reddit. Motherf- I'm like, yeah. dog. You are also a pedophile. You are on the website Reddit. You are. You should be in prison for longer than her. 
Like it's, I hate you. So you're calling but bullshit on the Reddit account. I'm calling such here. bullshit. The, all the fuck people love to see a bullet point of fucking shit that some of it's bolded and be like, yo, look at how much evidence there are. None of it is fucking evidence, dude. None of it is fucking evidence. Zero of it. You just want it to be her. So you can be like, look, there's someone who's more of a pedophile than me on this fucking website. <laughs> fuck you. It's fucking Wayfair bullshit. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's not real. It's fake. I, I believe got, it just because it pisses Brace off. So that's enough for me. Okay, I got a, I got two small questions about things related to the trial that I was hoping you could help clarify. The first mm. being the um, very detailed instructions on uh, w- uh, the gun that should be left in Jeffrey Epstein's nightstand. Yes. And then two, even more fascinating to me, the staggering number of framed photographs in Jeffrey Epstein's house. Yeah, very, very I, both. I mean, like one is just like, well, you know, you have a, you can you tell your manservant, make sure there's a gun in the nightstand. The other one is is way creepier to me. Well, let's not so we a surface a, exists in that house that is not covered in frames. Uh, yeah, I implore you. If you have not seen interior photos of Jeffrey Epstein's Floridian abode, check them out because there's nowhere to put a single cup. Because you'll be yeah. knocking over 50 frames of f- po- Oh my God, Brace, you would knock over every single one of them, too. <laughs> like like a dominoes. A china shop. Just yeah. <laughs> I'm clumsy. What no. can I say? Uh, now, people just shouldn't put things weird. Play- I, th- I will say, if anybody out there has access to some kind of database in Florida that can tell me mm. what gun Jeffrey Epstein had, that is my most urgent mission right now to find that out. Also, second most, well, that and the Ghislaine Jew thing. Mm. She's not Jewish. Yeah, you're on that tip right now. I want to yeah. say one last thing I'll say about the, the frames is it strikes me as just such a like classic, like shitbag rich guy move where it's just like tons and tons and tons of framed photographs everywhere in some bragging capacity, whether yeah. it's yeah. diplomas or famous people or in the case of Epstein, fucking young girls in their underwear or, you know, whatever it is, all of those three things combined, well, not diplomas in his case because he dropped out of college twice. But it just seems like it's just like total rich guy brag, every surface covered with more and more evidence and shrines to my greatness or whatever. Mm. Just awful, awful shit. Well, I mean, just like uh, as a trial going ahead, I mean, like the, the funny thing about any any legal case is that like no matter what the facts or preconceptions of people going into it, it really does become about two sides competing to tell a better story to 12 yeah. morons. Yeah. Yeah. And, when, and when that happens, like literally anything can happen. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, you sketched out like the, you, the, the defense has a very tough case to make, but it like it, but it, it, it's sort of the vagueness of it. Um, like it adds to like the ease with which they can make it. It's sort of like not only does it not matter how contradictory what they're saying is, it actually helps their case to make it as confusing and, and contradictory as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all they have to do is just, I mean, put the smallest bit of, of doubt so it can't be, she can't be convicted yeah. beyond a reasonable doubt and then she won't. But the thing is, I don't think they can. I mean, at the end of the day, you'd be like, this lady fuck kids. I mean, yeah, I think their strongest move is always you can't try her for Jeffrey's crimes. There's yes. a little bit of scuttlebutt that I've heard down at the old courthouse that the original case, like basically the prosecution had Jeffrey. And I think that's very clear that they, I mean, it's it yes. would be very, very easy to convict Jeffrey Epstein and put him away for a very, very long time. And then he, you know, we know what happened. 
And they had to basically rework everything in order to prosecute Ghislaine. Which she's they were the, she's not the one holding the bag. She's, she's the one left alive that's going to take yeah. time for these. And guys. they just were not, I don't think that was originally anticipated. One, I think that's why it took a year for them to arrest her. But also, um, you can see it in some of the way the case is laid out, I think. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And, and yeah. that speaks to those kind of like the holes that you're mentioning and the way that the defense can kind of, you know, has a lot of space to, to, to sort of muddy things up a little bit. Well, I mean, like, uh, taking like the, the, the broadest view, I mean, like, this case is about, you know, the people, like the, the Jane and the other witnesses who are mm-hmm. testifying about what happened to them. And like, you know, in the strictest sense, the prosecution's job is to obtain for them some level of justice. But obviously, this case is about a lot of broader things as well. And I think this case is about state crimes rather yeah. than just individuals, uh, you know, the, the avarice and, 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 and fucking malevolence of, an, of, of a group of or single or, in, or partnership between these two people. But like the, the, the broader context of like the state crimes that are at play here. I mean, do you see any, any hope, any chance that this trial will, if not shed light on them in a, in a court of law, then to like at least, I don't know, advance the ball further in terms of like the public consciousness of what the broader implications of this case really represent. No, I mean, I think that's our job. I don't know. I don't think the case itself does that. I think that like we all have a responsibility to um, put these things in the kind of context that can help open up some of that discursive space or that, you know, that kind of um, you know, the space to kind of understand and view the world a little bit differently and how these crimes are aided and abetted and continued and reproduced as, you know, um, in the same way that wealth is. Um, but I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, Brace. We haven't actually really talked about this, but I, I don't feel like, I mean, one, not a lot of people are covering it, but I don't, I don't feel that, um, I don't know. I don't think the case in and of itself is going to do much on its own if that makes sense yeah i i think i mean at the end of the day we and we we could sort of spell this out i mean we spelled this out on many episodes or you know talked about it even tangentially or directly but it's it's coming to play on a lot of our episodes is that like yeah like i you know it's pretty clear that there's something going on with jeffrey epstein galane maxwell and intelligence agencies and uh, international agencies uh both involving many people very prominent in American politics, but also in Israel's politics, but also in places like Colombia and um, you know various other places in South the America, the UK, Britain, the UK, yeah, especially of exactly. You know, and it, it it you know it becomes very clear that Epstein is a part of this Patrick, and and to me, I mean, I think Ghislaine, I mean, Epstein's a fucking dope. You know, Ghislaine is the person who is the daughter of you know one of the people who was you know, according to some, one of Israel's most valued spies in entire, that nation's entire 5,000 year history. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it, that's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, it's like, you got to pull back and be like, whoa, okay, actually this is the daughter of not only a prominent, you know, businessman and, and, and fucking thief uh, in, in Britain. And of course, former labor MP, but a you know a, a very prominent Israeli spy who mysteriously died himself off of his boat that was named after his daughter. I mean th- that man's daughter is the one on trial, and like that is an important thing to to keep yeah. in mind. You know, I mean th- there in the fucking crowd, Isabel Maxwell. You know, watching her sister. Uh, you know, on the docket there, Isabel Maxwell took over information on demand, or, or I think changing its name to research on demand 
from her father in the, I think the 80s, it was the 80s in Silicon Valley. And that was the company, one of the companies that he used to sell Promise software, which he had stolen from an American company and then sold to a bunch of different intelligence agencies all around the world with a backdoor in it that Israel could use to track all of their data. And so it's like, you know, there are these, there are these very clear and clean connections here between both the past and what's going on today. Um, and we're actually watching them in the courtroom. But uh, are they, are they going to bring that up in the trial? No, they're not. No, well, hell I mean, no. And, and, would, and, and as we discussed, I don't think it would behoove the prosecution to do that either. No, no, no. Depending on the makeup of the jury. Yeah. Sorry, one last thing that I saw today. Uh, there was a, uh, some some like I don't know if this is a new revelation or not, but it was just like uh, just a, of, of like some some company that Epstein sold to one of his associates, and then the exact same amount of money was showed up in uh, Jelaine's checking account the next day, mm-hmm. yeah, like eighteen point yeah. three million dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he was funneling a lot of money to her. It turns out. Also, he bought her townhouse. We found out, which I didn't know. Yeah. Um, um, he yeah, he was moving uh, money to Ghislaine, and then Ghislaine. Uh, we found out today was then using that to buy a helicopter, which was purchased by her company, Air Ghislaine. Yeah, it's the funny thing. Like, there's been a list of um, of Ghislaine's little like front companies before, and a lot of them are like Ghislaine, <laughs> really whatever, G Max. She loved calling herself G Max. That's funny. what her signature looks like too. G Max, baby doll. Shut G Max. Well, G Max. Uh, I mean, like I, Brace, you alluded to it. Like you know, it, Epstein is something of uh, an oaf. Uh, but like, you know, and then Ghislaine is the one left holding the bag for his, for his crimes. Mm-hmm. But like, would Jeffrey Epstein have been Jeffrey Epstein had he not met Ghislaine Maxwell? The, no. I mean, the thing is with either of them is there's no indication. I mean, there's, you know, the guy was insanely horny, so he probably would have been some version. But I mean, Ghislaine is the one who got this machinery moving, you know? Like, the, like the, 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 Ghislaine the, is the one that makes this case. Like, it takes it from... The, the the sex crimes of a depraved um, and rich individual to something that uh, you know touches on the you know international intelligence agencies and the world of like finance tech media yeah. everything yeah I, I mean, mean she, yeah yeah Ghislaine's entire like raison d'être for her the entirety of her relationship with Epstein was you know I need to take care of Jeffrey's needs what Jeffrey needs is to rape, molest, assault young girls. And she took care of that for him and provided that for him. That's the thrust of the case, and that's what happened. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's all right there. Yeah. Well, uh, Truanon, i got to thank you guys for your around-the-clock. Once again, I must, I must stress gavel to gavel coverage <laughs> of the Jelaine trial, but, uh, you know. They I mean, don't obviously- use gavels. <laughs> they don't. They don't there's no, this, this fucking lady, no, she just, like, says second. it. Wait She's just second. like stop when Wait a watch second. there's no talking. gavels at this trial. She Dude, might so, have so, a gavel, but it might be a decorative gavel. Okay, but like yeah. okay, so, sovereign citizen brain turns on. Let's say she exactly. gets convicted. If there have been Not no legal. gaveling throughout the trial, can she really say to have been? I mean, she's under maritime law. There are no exactly. gavels on ships. No, 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 no. I mean, I've been bringing a gavel every single day, and whenever <laughs> anyone says something, I bang it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, well, true. Like you guys have been posting daily updates from the trial. You mm-hmm. you, you already know what time it is. True and non's the podcast. Uh, please That's check right. them out for, like I said, in depth coverage of uh, you know, trial of the century. I mean, it's a young century so far, but <laughs> it's, it's what we got. Yeah. Well, I mean, I gotta say this Jussie and Holmes trial all coming together to form the pyramid. Yes. 
that the all-seeing eye, which is all three of them getting both uh, not only found not guilty, but starting a new company together. <laughs> you can call me. You can call me Jesse Theranos Maxwell because <laughs> let me tell you, that is gonna what's gonna be leading us. That's who. That's who. Forget Trump. That's who's running running in twenty twenty four. We can call it Jesse's girl. Yeah, I don't know. I like G Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, she looks terrible. Well, Will, thank you. <laughs> Brace and Liz. And you too, Chris. Thank you. You guys are very welcome. Come back anytime. Cheers, guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you.